0: Welcome back to Cinema Gems, and as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral, and as always, we're in a video store somewhere in your hometown, so come find us, yes, video stores still exist. Um, but of course, guys, as always, we are surprised, not in a video store, we're actually in a the video delivery car, the Cinema Gems mobile. And this week, we are delivering Captain America, the first Avenger, my first delivery ever, besides to my co-host. Who obviously just walks in and grabs it. Uh, The special guest I have this week is Murph from WWOZ.
1: How we doing, everybody? Admiral, thank you so much for uh, letting me share the space with you.
0: No problem. Um, I found out that uh, you like this movie just about as much as I do. Um, I'm really excited because I just want to get somebody else uh, that actually probably knows a little more more backstory than I know. Comics wise, basically, you know, all the kinds of stuff. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself before. Uh, sorry about that. Eric, uh, Cinema Gems, we review movies, television shows, TVs, uh, TV sets in general. Like, we'll literally sit, take a photo of your TV set and we will discuss it and talk about it and probably try and age it. Prices, is right, at, get the original retail price, all kinds of stuff, guys. Uh, but Cinema Jason things. And this week we have a very special movie. Captain America, the first Avenger that came out in 2011, that will be 10 years old next month. But Murph, tell us a little bit about yourself, buddy.
1: Well, I am, uh, been living in New Orleans now for almost two decades, and I love the city, the music, and the culture. Uh, I'm a music director at WWZ, local radio station. I have a radio show, and uh, I help facilitate the music. In the, uh, in the library. I spend a lot of time in my yard, gardening, working out in nature, and I got a dog named Lucy. <laughs> I really enjoy watching movies a lot, and this is really exciting to be able to sit with someone such as yourself, the Admiral, and to be able to, yeah, talk about movies, and, yeah, briefly brings me back to my childhood because I was into comic books, and Captain America was someone I read about... <clears throat> And this movie had those elements in there. And that was just
0: cool. Like, uh, one of my favorite parts uh, is probably the original outfit and original shield. They fit it in. Like, they, you actually got to see how cheesy it was by it being cheesy on, like, the actual screen from the actual scene. Totally. And that's what I love about this movie is because I don't. I haven't read that many Captain America comic books, but I know... A few. And from what I can gather from those, this is one of the very ones, uh, as you mentioned before we started recording, that it's seeped into the scenes or the film strips of the movie.
1: Yes. Specifically when he rescues the commandos from the first fortress and he goes off by himself. Those guys that become his team were the howling commandos and there was a comic book. It was Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos. Sergeant Fury became it was Sergeant Nick Fury, um, and it was a war comic. But when Captain America came into being, it was during World War II. That was the whole point of him taking the serum was to help, you know, fight the war. So there was just he eventually sort of became involved with that crew when they were running missions behind the lines and that's what what those comics were so seeing those guys because um the guy with the hat uh was sam Mm -hmm. and they all all off those that team became the main core of the original shield really that was what became the the basis for shield was the howling commandos and they were all under nick fury I'm not sure when in there he went from sergeant to colonel and there was another change he went from being a white guy to a black guy and I'm not sure that I think came like more in like the 2000s because Nick Fury was always eye patch but older guy gray on the sides and sort of like working in this high tech world and in charge of it but the old like it kind of reminds you of John Wayne he was like a grizzly guy. He always was chewing on a cigar and drank. But everybody else was like, you know, shield elite. And he was, him and Cap were buds. Like teammates. I would say Sergeant Fury was probably his com- leader. Mm-hmm. But he ran the show because he had the skills and the abilities. And he he does in that and I I think what made Captain America become so good was because he ran so many missions, like just being in the military and learning strategy and how to move about with enemies and how to lead people and lead commanders. And it was all life or death all the time. So we had to get good quick. So I, I, that's what I liked about that first part.
0: Okay. Um, did you... Did you like seeing, like, um, it on, like, like, was it the same way you imagined in your head reading the comic book as it was on film?
1: No. Not, especially the weapons. I don't, the weapons were, um, and they weren't very different. <clears throat> I just, it was a little more, I think that was a little bit more in the movie because in World War II, like, when they fought the Nazis, they, the Nazis just had machine guns, too. And, uh... The other thing was, and I don't know how it played out completely in the comics, but in the comics, the Tesseract was known as the Cosmic Cube. And it still had all these crazy powers, and everyone was trying to get it and do all these things, but I can't remember if it eventually became an Infinity Stone. But it was this magic, it was this cube that contained untold power and. All the evil groups were trying to get it. The Red Skull definitely had it for a bunch of times. Uh, and the other thing is, the Red Skull is a good villain. He's a really good villain. The fact that he kind of scoffs at Hitler, he's like, look, like, you don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> we're going to really like do some villainy here.
0: Um, no, I totally agree with you. And of course, uh, we have uh, Agent Smith himself playing uh, Red Skull in this movie. Yes.
1: How do you feel about that casting? I thought it was perfect. I only wish that he had more oh, screen time. Yes. And
0: I don't think he liked the makeup. Main like when uh, when he had the makeup because that sure. that is makeup that he is on, and I didn't think he liked wearing it. Yeah, I. I mean, I wouldn't mind wearing it if I was.
1: I don't know. Like I can I can imagine it being uncomfortable. Me, not being a professional actor, if they told me, like, you're gonna get paid to wear that, I would sit in a chair every day. Um, but, I have never been in a blockbuster film, so it would be a little bit different. Um, I just like the character. He's a good villain. Like, he's a bad villain and he he just does villain things. Oh, her skull. I was the only, you know, we almost died. I was the only one, you know. Oh, apparently not all died. <laughs> to Like he's a, he's just a bad guy, and that's kind of what you, I like because it makes it easier to you know believe in the, in the movie, and because he's just evil. There's no doubt about it. It's not like a shadowy government agency that. Oh, wait a minute. You don't know what side they're really working on. Like, who do I trust? Like, nope, not that guy. Like, <laughs> definitely not that guy. If you walk into an ice cream store and he's working there, leave. Just leave like, immediately. Okay. I mean, I, no. and especially if he's getting out free samples. I yeah, the Red Skull, I just would leave. I mean, he's the his name is the Red Skull.
0: It's 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 for a reason why you shouldn't trust him. Exactly. Um and also uh, a lot of point, uh, Before we get into the movie, I uh, just want to mention some things that uh, I know from rewatching this one, and I also watched the 1990s Captain America
1: a TV movie. Yes, yeah. with the motorcycle. <laughs> yes, and the cool glasses instead of a mask. Yeah, he was in California, probably.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, how? So the way the the way they based this Red Skull off was not just the comic book. But also, uh, that specific iteration of Red Skull, because of him involving himself with the serum, injecting himself to make him grow and becoming this grotesque, but he doesn't care because he knows he's evil. He knows he's pure evil. And so it was nice. It was a nice adjustment because I know in the comic books he wears a mask when he robbed
1: stuff or like. It was a mask that somehow comes fused to his head like he can't take it off okay he is the red skull okay yeah and I I can't remember either um, whether it was a serum or he put it on or it got fused on or there's an accident or a mutation I don't remember but that was yeah he's the red skull he's bumming okay, okay. Uh, um,
0: how do you like the casting in this movie um, I actually have IMD pulled up, so if you want me to name any names, I'm just gonna name them off. Sure., uh, we got Samuel Jackson and Nick Fury
1: at the end. Uh, yeah, because he's like he's Nick Fury now to me like even before like they had him playing Nick Fury, like Nick Fury in the I think in the anime, movies, just already looked like Samuel Jackson like he had shaved head and like. You
0: know why that is? Why? Because when they redid the new iteration of uh, of The Avengers and made Nick Fury they called Samuel Jackson in and they were like can we base this character off
1: you? And he's like sure. Really? Yeah. So they were way ahead of the game oh, setting yeah. it up because I think was it the fir- one the, the first movie was Iron Man right? Yeah. And his role at the end when he just makes that little appearance and says I'm <laughs> starting this group it was an interview on i I don't know one of the late night talk shows and he had signed a nine contract deal and it was the biggest contract and it was not not huge roles it was all these bit roles but he was the connection to all the he was like the first thread into the Marvel quilt if you want to call it and so i thought it was rad when he was there because he looked like... He'd already kind of... Like you said, now you know, I don't know why, but he'd already was it. And he's just... He's just slick looking. Like, the coat... Like, he looks good and, like, he's he's kind of got that shaft look from, you know, being in Shaft. <laughs> in the
0: 2000 movie? Which is not That's a bad movie, to be no, honest. No, but
1: he's just... He's got a toughness that you know just from all the other characters that he's played. Like, he's... Badass. He's Samuel L. Jackson, so when he rolls up, you're like, all right, he's going to make things happen, whether someone gets shot or he talks it out and figures it out.
0: Uh, And uh, what about uh, Haley
1: Atwell? She's Peggy Carter? I thought she was awesome. Um, I didn't... I don't remember... her being in the comics and then Sharon Carl, I never knew if there was that was a connection or if they were just two separate women that happened to have the same name because they were both. Oh no! Agents. Like
0: in 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 the comic book, she was she knew him in the in the forties, and then when he was uh, unfrozen, I think in the sixties or in the seventies. Yeah, he fell in love with her daughter. Okay. In the movies, it's her niece, okay. which makes it less creepy. If it's her niece, just a little bit less creepy. Just so
1: man, just so weird and hard for him. But uh, I thought I liked her character. Like I liked that she was tough and that she was a woman, totally in an all man's world and didn't take any shit. Especially when she tested the shield and just shot him.
0: No so one, one of one of the best things I like about this movie is they picked her as just like. She was the "quote unquote superhero girl, superhero's girlfriend, and to me she's one of the few that was kind of an unknown. They kind of just picked her out and she showed. She probably showed that in her, you know, test screen footage about her being, you know, badass. And that's what I like is they got a person that wasn't really known that well and she actually brought that character to life. I agree. Yeah, yeah totally. Um and they also have uh, Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes.
1: Ah, uh, he, I could take him or leave him. okay, in really? In the beginning. Uh, I liked more as he developed and became more of the Winter Soldier. Okay. Um, I liked that he was, I liked, he was, I feel like he was crucial to Steve Rogers' development because he helped him. Like, he was the guy that Steve Rogers became. Like, he was the guy that stuck up for the little guy. He was the little guy. And this was Bucky was his buddy like that. He was Captain America to, to Steve Rogers before he got the serum, right? But I just thought he came a little bit like there was way more to him when he got his mind all messed up and <laughs> got a new arm. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I totally agree with you. I'm not saying he was bad, like you said, but I like his, I like him now coming to terms with everything that he's done. Yeah, like the PTSD of his
1: situation, and it was. <laughs> Different in the comics, Bucky was literally Captain America's sidekick. Had a costume and a uniform. He was Captain America's Robin.
0: Wasn't he like just the guy that hung around the base
1: and somehow I don't remember how they became, but it was it was Captain America and Bucky. He wore a red and blue suit, not as uh, complicated as Captain America. It was like a red top and or blue top and red pants, and then a black mask. And I think he was. Murdered by the Red Skull. Oh gosh! Um, so it was just a little bit of different. It's a different relationship. Okay. Um, and there was never. And then,
0: then they took him and created him. Well,
1: then in the no, because in the nineties and two thousands, he was brought back. He wasn't really killed, but. That was when they had, there was Captain America and U.S. Agent, and there was there was a string yeah. of different people. He quit for a while, and he became another, he became disillusioned with America. Like, I stopped reading him, and you know, after the 80s, and he went through a lot of things. He died and came back, and then he was a deep agent for Hydra, and then he was lost in time, and, and it, a lot of it had to do with the Red Skull. The Red Skull and him are like, they're... Mortal enemies. It's like Batman and the Joker, and the Red Skull is even though he is aged, not like Captain America, he still managed to try to you know hurt him and you know, do his diabolical plans because <laughs> they are diabolical.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, what about Tommy Lee Jones? He he plays a good general. Um, did you also hear the theory that um, he is? Phil Coulson's dad. And that's why Phil Coulson is obsessed with Captain America so much. Is because he heard these war stories from his father.
1: Ah, uh, that would make sense. I sort of feel like Tommy Lee Jones' general was some of the Nick Fury from the Sergeant Fury and the Howling okay. Commandos. Because he he he's a war hero. God. he's there to fight a war. You know, like when he doesn't
0: care about anything else.
1: That and he's like, "Look, you, I, you took a serum. Like you're this kid that couldn't do anything. I saw you with my own eyes. Now you're one person. Like, and I'm fighting this whole thing. So I can't take you seriously until I see what you know. Once he sees it, he's like, all right, so We'll give now you all you gonna, got.' Now we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do, like, and all of a sudden the rules change because he, you know, but. That's where I feel like that team developed, and you know, because he picks the team, and that's those commandos. You know, they're the the drinkers. You know, but that once again, that's the commandos, the Howling Commandos, and then the last, the the last factory they hit. He's there. Tommy Lee Jones is there, so he's not afraid to go into battle. I thought that was cool. Okay. Uh,
0: What about um, Dominic Cooper? He plays the uh, Howard Hughes kind of Howard Stark character.
1: I didn't really think too much of him at the time because I didn't realize how like I knew that was Tony Stark's father, but I never realized how much he would role he was gonna play, and I didn't know much of his Iron Man's backstory from reading the comics or his father. So uh, I I got, I liked him because he was he was like sort of like a. um like an Errol Flynn kind of character. He was dashing. Like he was willing to do the right thing. But he's like, let's fly to Lucerne and have some dinner. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He was like a, I felt like he was like that Hollywood man of that time. Okay. But he was really doing things. Like he was the one that had the shield. Like he had the adamantium. He's like the vibranium shield. It was like, it was all vibranium. Uh, and uh,
0: of course we discussed Hugo Weaving, um, who played Red Skull. Um, my wife, uh, when I, when we were recently watching it, rewatching it, because uh, I watched it and then while we were while we were communicating a couple months ago, I watched it and I rewatched it again. My wife apparently did not know that Hugo Weaving was the same guy in The Matrix and the King of the Elves in Lord of the Rings. She wasn't aware that that was the same
1: guy. It's, it's hard to believe because he's he's so benevolent. But fear, Fearsome in Lord of the Rings, and then Matrix, he's just, you know, he's cold-hearted computer yeah. killer. Yeah. So, yeah, and the ears were really different, so it's really hard to, you know, it's easy to see how you get mixed up. Uh, oh, wait, your ears. Yeah, now I recognize you.
0: Uh, and what about Chris Evans being cast as uh, Captain America himself?
1: I think he played a good Captain America. I think he was solid. Uh, I guess the one thing I was thinking about before I came on this podcast was he didn't have blonde hair. Um, I thought he should have lost the gun sooner.
0: Totally agree with um,
1: you. But there were times that he used a gun. I think in the beginning of the comics, like when they were really fleshing him out. they uh, I think he had it at some point. So And I like that even though... The movie hero suits look have more of like... They all seem to have like a tactical armor look. His still, especially in this one, had... It was the original suit. the Stripes in the center of the torso. The star on the chest. I think even sometimes the helmet had the little wings. Um, I just... I like that. You know, like... To put a flag on as your target when you walk, go into a battle with a supervillain, you know, it's it's bright. Like, you're like, this is the main area. Like, the, like if you get hit there, like, that's a, a fatal blow. Then he's, he's like, dun-dun-dun! Like, you know, he could have made that all black and made it a little bit harder for them, but he chose not to. Uh, that's cool.
0: Hmm. Um, well, no. Uh, that's really good. Uh... Thank you for helping me because I like to break down the cast sometimes and you know discuss things like that. But now we're going to cutting into a, a plot. Uh, we're kind of going to talk about it. Uh, key moment scenes that you feel like you want to talk about, bring up at any time okay. as we're going through. Sure. Uh, we're just going to start off. We're going to go ahead. Uh, so we have uh, uh, Bucky and uh, Steve Rogers going and kind of being friends and showing that they actually grew up together. And they both come from broken homes. And, you know, standing up and helping each other when needed. But like you said, Steve Rogers was always the little guy. He always needed somebody to help him out. And Bucky was there to bail him out every time. Um, and Steve has relentlessly tried to, countless times, go to the war. Because he doesn't like bullies. That's literally what he says. I don't like bullies. So he keeps, you know, redoing it and redoing it redoing it. Gets rejected every time. And then we have, uh, we get to a scene where, in the movie theater, and they get this guy that doesn't really agree with what's going on on the other side of the pond, you know, doesn't really care, doesn't, just wants the movie to start. And, you know, Steve is like, I don't, he, that mentality, I don't like bullies. So he goes and he stands up to this guy, gets his ass kicked a little bit. Uh, Did you notice the imagery of the shield when he picked up the trash can? Yes. Uh, And then we have Bucky come in and not save his ass, but, like, you need to watch what you're doing, man. Like, I'm about to leave. You could get killed. And I feel like that gives him the heart as a character to be like, I am leaving because my best friend is leaving, and I want to be with him. And we get a nice Howard Hughes uh, kind of like, um, I guess would say, for nowadays, I guess it would be like, you know, a TED Talk kind of thing of Howard Stark showing off his new technology and showing off different things. Did she also catch the uh, Human Torch flaming suit in that one scene? Yeah. I thought that was a nice little callback because Chris Evans played the Human Torch I think, like, maybe four
1: or five years before this movie came out. Also, Captain America was part of a superhero group called the Invaders. Mm Mm-hmm. It had Namor the Submariner, Captain America. There's a third one, and the final one was the original Human Torch, that was not a human being but an android that worked for this. And these these guys went on missions for the government between I think between I think Captain Britain was the final guy. So Captain Britain was like the British Captain America. Uh, I, he might have had more superhero type powers and just you know agility and fighting skills and
0: well gee, he actually shows up he's the uh, British Helen Commando. his name is the original uh the original um i'm sorry i'm blanking on his name You just mentioned uh, captain Cap- Bre
1: okay even better
0: like like the British guy, if you go back and watch it, his name is the original uh, oh
1: right uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but yes, I know what you're talking about but um
0: Oh, and actually they also did – they didn't film it, I don't believe, but they did write a scene to include the submariner, but they cut it for time. But that would have been cool to see the original team that he was on. Uh, uh,
1: And I'm glad you pointed that out because I was actually going to bring that up too. Yeah, it was a unique – it was a unique comic book story and I I didn't get into it right away. Like I read it just collecting back issues and so I didn't have a lot of them, but it was just – Another way to see it, because it was sort of like a black ops team. Submariner is an Atlantean, like, and he's not really a surface-dweller kind of person. Um, yeah, the Human Torch is an android, very humanoid acting android. Like, not very robotic and talking. And then, uh, yeah, they just went on these like army missions, <laughs> and it's just kind of weird like how did how did you guys get the submariner? like how would you convince him to do that how'd you convince him
0: to come from his <laughs> yeah dwelling like, to come up yeah, and fight for you guys
1: like, i kind of rule all this you guys go do thing we'll yeah. give you a sandwich you're like all right i'm in <laughs> a jelly donut um is that what
0: you call these
1: <laughs> um And, uh, and
0: then we get to the expo, uh, then after the expo scenes, uh, we get, um, one of the girlfriends, I don't know if you're into Dr. Who, but one of the girlfriends, uh, one of the girls that they go on a date with is a a companion of one of the doctors from Dr. Who. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, it's the one with the brown hair, the shorter one. Okay.
1: So is that why her friend was like, later, those are peanuts. If you don't have a TARDIS, I'm out of here. That's exactly it.
0: That's exactly it. You got the reference. You got I have it. no
1: TARDIS. Peanuts, come on. <laughs>
0: um, <and laughs> that was a really good, I was like, where are you going with this? Uh, that was a good one. Um, and uh, so, you know, so he goes and he's like, I'm signing up. I'm doing it. And Bucky's like, you know, you could get actually picked for one of these times. And what are you going to do when you get over there? I can't protect you. So he goes and he's like, look, this is me, blah, blah. And while this conversation is going on in the hallway, we see Dr. Abraham, who came with the, who also, we don't know just yet, but he is, he used to be friends with the Red Skull. And so he's hearing all this and he's hearing like what he wants to do. He wants to go and protect America from a bully. And Dr. Abraham's like, I can see where this is going. We're going to go with this guy. And, you know, he gets taken up, he gets on this kind of like, I guess, I guess it's like survivor, but the ultimate winning thing is to become a superhero because that's what they do. They train these guys, they get them all up and we get to see the cocky guy that basically tries to hit on, uh, agent Carter. And I love that she shows him who's boss. She's like, you know. You are a guy, and I can kick your ass
1: as a woman. See, I thought he was just in that platoon to go through basic training, just to go through it to justify why he was there. Oh, no,
0: no. That that specific team, uh, because even uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character is like, I don't know why you're picking. You want him. The other guy is
1: the perfect choice oh, for this. Oh, see, I thought he was just put into... A platoon just to be put into a platoon to go into basic training to get them to where they need to get them
0: i viewed it from my standpoint but that viewpoint is also very well as it's it's an interpretation it's a movie it's sure. whatever you want to intimidate because
1: tommy lee jones is like are you kidding me like just because you look at the down, other guy yeah this
0: <laughs> look at him compared to him
1: no. it, but to me and it's I think it's what the essence of Captain America is. It, it is that small Steve Rogers guy that no matter how many times you punch him, he will get back up and will try. He will. You cannot stop him. And it's like that indomitable will, and that's like a discipline. Like that's like super Buddhist ninja kind of like to have that kind of focus in that much pain, duress, stress, trauma. Like you know, and he's like, nope. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to, you know, dun-dun-dun, right. You know, it's... And that's inspiring. Because there's nothing... That's all he is in the beginning. It's just that willpower. Like, you know, CG, it was the other thing, was they made him look like he was supposed to look. Right. <laughs> you know, and they did a really good job. I think they probably went a little too far.
0: Oh, the, the two... Too many muscles?
1: Yeah. No, I mean when he was really tiny. Oh he, oh like, they oh the they started three. off too early. Yeah, I thought oh, he okay. was just a little smaller than like I used like getting like the Benjamin Button size. Okay. <laughs> it's
0: actually the, the technology that they helped work on to create that. Really? Yeah. They used they use very similar technology for uh, the original Steve Rogers before he became because they filmed each scene that he was in that four times. Like they filmed they filmed uh, Chris Evans. Then they filmed another guy that was a stand in. Then they fil- didn't film anybody. And then they would uh, film another scene and edit it all wow. together. That's
1: amazing. Yeah. Uh,
0: but it's all done digitally now. So, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's a lot easier than what it would be if I was actually on film and celluloid. So, like, sure. Not saying that it's easier now, but you understand what I'm, yeah. what I'm talking about. Um, but I thought
1: that was really a really cool way to show a differentiation between. Before the serum and after the serum, like you were like, okay, yeah, he's Captain America. That's really and clear and just even like his color was brighter, like I, I'm, you know, I, little things that I wouldn't even think about as you know making movies, but everything about him, even his skin was kind of drab. But when he came out, it looked like the sun was reflecting off him. Like, dang
0: man, Whoa. like where's my sunglasses? Yeah, he <laughs> is the copper
1: tone guy. Like, <laughs> and then just him like feeling those powers for the first time
0: I like it when he runs for the first time and he's like whoa that's what that's what those do
1: (laughs) yeah and I think that's another thing that I always remember about the comics is what would I be feeling if I got those powers you know and Spider-Man I always kind of related to him a little bit more because of his age you know he was in high school and college like he I was in high school reading comic books and so he was i could have been in the same high school as him you know and, and batman started doing his thing at 12 you know so yeah. he was like studying things uh, it was just it was yeah it was just inspiring to uh, you know see these see uh these heroes like just want to do it just to do it okay. and 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 explore their powers
0: um, we actually get a scene that's not in uh, every superhero movie. I don't know. I don't know how many superhero movies superhero movies you watch, uh, but you know, we ever notice they get the shot where they look at their hands when they when they get their powers. Yeah, we don't get that in this movie. No hands. <laughs> he doesn't go. Oh, look at these hands.
1: No, he he sort of looked at it when he was running. Yeah, he's running, and then he's like, "Well, I can go faster." And then, he, <laughs> then he does. And he's like. I can go really fast.
0: <laughs> and then we get Peggy, you know, like, oh, oh. Um, and that's a nice little they play it like high school first love. And that's what I think I like about most of this relationship. It's it's kind of pure puppy dog love. Like it these two people really do have the starting of, of like connection. Yeah. yeah.
1: A serious, deep connection. Yeah. And what wins out is his will to do the right thing, exactly. over their connection in the beginning.
0: Yeah, <laughs> because she's like, oh, she just thought, yeah, he was something, but no, he he stated why, and she's like, okay, like I understand, I understand that you're not in for it for
1: the glory; you're in for it to, like you said, beat up a bully, uh-huh. which is awesome. And then, as you watch Captain America progress, you realize, whoa. You got to stop, like, because there's never, ever going to stop being bullies. Like, you can't defeat them all. Exactly. Some days you just got to let the bully beat up somebody while you take a nap or, you know, read a book.
0: Or go on a picnic <laughs> yeah. with your girlfriend.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, maybe it'll be on a helicarrier doing a picnic, but it'll, it'll still be a picnic. Right. <laughs> uh,
0: Dang it, the big head's blowing away. Dude. Come on. <laughs> Nick, can you please turn the fan power down? Um. No. Yeah. Uh, totally that's that's that was a good one too um uh so uh and then while this is going on uh he becomes out he gets his superpowers he starts running uh because surprise surprise there was a nazi agent uh that was in the group learning how close they were and then we found out they were, were they were that close he takes the serum shoots dr abraham because that's that's his it's his formula so the formula died with him. And so, you know, he gets away. Uh, and so Captain America starts running after him. And while this is going on, we get another side story that I love the way it's interconnected. I love the way that they splice the two stories together. We get the Red Skull story. And then we get the actual, uh, you know, Captain America story. Um, I love when they go to the Norse town and they finally actually find the Tesseract. I love how he's just like... You wouldn't bury this. Where is it really? And then he goes and he shows. And then you actually see the tree of life. And you actually see the snake that eats. That actually makes Ragnarok happen. Holding the Tesseract itself. And he takes it. And he's like, well, you know what? You, you gave me what you wanted. But you know what? I'm going to kill you. And he destroys it. He basically kills him. He, the, he decimates the entire town. And like you said, it just shows how much of a villain he is. Like, the first scene, you're like,
1: this guy's not fucking around. No. And he's smart. Yeah. He deduces where it is. And that's, you know, like being, once again, it's like being a detective and he knows, he knows his geography, he knows his mythology, he knows his occult studies, he knows war. Like, he's an engineer because whatever that thing is that punches the wall is like a, Fist made of metal that's the size of this room. And it looks like it was specifically built to punch walls of castles. Yeah. So someone was like, huh, we're going to need one of those. So here's the plans. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's probably the Red Skull's like, yeah, I'm going to need a castle puncher. Get on it, buddy. <laughs> I got to go find the Tesseract. And he's like, no problem.
0: He's like, all right, that's my job. <laughs>
1: yeah. But uh, and when he, he walks over and he just... The eyeball? Yeah. It's all like, because you see, he's the might of the whole Nazi army plus more because he knows more. He knows, what, he knows what's in this place. Like, the man, the older man knows what it is, and the younger guy has an inkling, but he doesn't really know. He just knows that the old man is protecting something, and one day he'll probably have to. So, he's just a ripping smart dude. And it's all this, all of it, then it comes down to just him going with his thumb, bink, and opening up, and like, one little thumb, and now here's a whole other thing that's just as powerful, if not more powerful, than the whole Nazi army belief, whatever, and it's now his personal gas tank.
0: <laughs> Did you also uh, catch the reference to uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yes. Uh, do you know You know why? Because the director, Joe Johnson, actually worked on Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, and that's why he threw that in there like... Because I always thought that line was great because I'm like, oh, so is Indiana Jones in the same universe?
1: Well, it gives it also that kind of feel because he's... I mean, the Red Skull is searching for the same... Like, It's the same kind of deal. He's looking for this artifact. Yeah. And he's using myths and hearsay and all of this stuff to find it like where does he find it in like you know like you said in the, the tree that's a wood carving that's supposed to just look like a wall that's not supposed to have anything like it's very plain and it's you know it depicts what it depicts but there's no like intricate safe and lock system with like i, I think cameras the, i
0: think the best thing is is that uh, the red skull knew that it was there that's why he didn't use the puncher, the castle puncher, to break it down. It's because he was like, I'm going to talk my way into it because I know exactly where it needs to be. So he uses his conniving, his cunning. His, he's very, um, I would say, kind of fox-like. He's like, he's praying with him. It's, I mean, it's like he's toying with his prey.
1: Well, I like, he's a type of villain that his vision is so big that it requires a level of intelligence which brings along things like etiquette and codes now maybe they're really askew and insane but it's like he'll be really polite with you and he'll hold the door open for you and tell you everything and then he'll you know do something horrific to you but they'll be the same they'll be on the same level and he won't treat you he'll treat you kindly in a polite etiquette way as a usurper of planet's wood right? <laughs> or whatever you know
0: and then stab you in the back but it's
1: like it's his way like you're gonna die like there's no doubt about that it's just a how and what will he do will he you know kindly do it or will he maliciously do it but he's he, he can still you know offer you a fork and knife with your last meal you know before he kills you and I, you know, there's just an elegance in it, and a lot of the, the big villains like that, like Doctor Doom and Razaz ghoul they all have that same kind of air. Like they're already, they're already there. They're already royalty. Like it's this is semantics. Like the war has just got to happen. But I'm already the ruler of this planet. Like you don't know it yet, but I really am. Like pretty soon, you're just gonna have baseball cards will just have my face on it like in different poses like Putin but it'll just be Red Skull <laughs> so they'll be riding a bear but yeah, it'll be Red Skull but it'll be Red Skull <laughs> except for ice cream stores or one of those Sorry.
0: Um, that's where he gives away his baseball cards for free though
1: yeah but they're scary
0: <laughs> um, uh, and then while that's going on he heads back to um, his kind of lair
1: lairs he's got
0: many of them yeah. Uh, we get uh, Dr. Zola, who is played by Toby Jones, uh, who I don't know if you're a big Harry Potter fan, or if you know about Harry Potter.
1: I, yeah, not super big, but I've watched all the movies. I've read some of the books.
0: He does the voice of Dobby. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I had a hard time with him and that character, because I felt like there was time... Like I've, Arnhem's, Dr. Zola, Arnhem Zola, there's... Um, there was a couple guys that were like Red Skull and came about during World War II. Baron Zemo, Arnim Zola. And they were just as evil as the Skull. They just weren't, he just had a little bit more. Like, mm-hmm. they were like Scottie Pippen and Red Skull was like Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, so when he would have those moments of kind of like, Weakness, like oh, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't shoot those guys. And then, and then he like, oh no, I'm in. I, I, I thought the he would be in all the way. Like the, he would never question it. He would, in fact, I thought he would enjoy it. Like being like, yeah, like we're doing this. Like these are my inventions. Like I'm rocking this stuff. Like even when he said he didn't know how to, I don't know how to. I don't even know how to build them. I don't know how to shoot them. I thought he would have taken that on and wanted to do it even if he messed it up spectacularly. Okay. He wouldn't have allowed, he would have been like, whatever, Like, I know how to do this even though he doesn't. And
0: uh, How would you feel about um, them showing, referencing uh, his like virtual stand-up body that he had? Uh, in the comic books, you know how he like had the robot with the face? Yeah. Did you like the intro to his character like on the screen?
1: Yes, I did. I thought that was a, a cool way to bring that in and because... I didn't really understand that in the comic. I just accepted it, like you know, it's just in the comic. You're like, oh, they just transferred it in there. You're like, okay, and like they don't have to go much more than that. But in real life, I'm like, well, how do they transfer the essence into a body and from World War? Like, now in this technology, I can see it. Like in this day and age, but I'm like, how did they do that? So yeah, uh, I liked how they did it. It was neat. It
0: was cool. uh, and then when he's when when Captain America is leading the ha- his. Future, but now Howling Commandos to actually infiltrate the lair that they're breaking while he's finding Bucky. Uh, he actually goes and grabs papers. And did you see the actual, like, on blueprints, he has his body and he grabs and puts in his
1: uh briefcase? Oh, I didn't know. I remember when he's grabbing the papers, but I didn't see what was on the blueprint. Yeah, it's his body for, like... So he was already preparing oh, for... Yeah. That's
0: cool. Yeah. I like when they had, I had little Easter eggs because this movie, I feel like... When you first watch it, you're like, it's a great movie. When you watch it again it gets better. It it's just a little a slice more of cheese on the spaghetti that you get. It's yeah. just like it gets better every time you watch it.
1: I felt and as they made the movies and sort of got the feel of making comic book movies, those Easter eggs, like that's what they did in comic books. Like all the stuff in the credits two thirds of the way through at the end when they were leaving you, like that was in the comic book. You turn a page, and you're like, "Oh, there's a couple panels of like this is what's coming up." Like, stick around; it's going to be good, and it you know, it build up your anticipation. You know, in today in this day and age, when everything gets really embedded in society really quick, you lose it loses its specialness. It doesn't stay special quite as long, and you don't you know when you when you know almost all the things about it before it comes out, then there's no chance to build up a surprise or a what-if. So uh, these movies, I don't think, were quite as embedded yet. So there was cool little surprises in there, and it felt like a comic book. Um, And that was exciting to feel, just the whole feeling of watching the movie.
0: Okay. Uh, And that's why I agree, like, this is a good one, because it has that quality that yeah. you mentioned. Comic book. Exactly. And, um, uh, and then while that's going on, uh, we get um, other Nazis that have come from Berlin to see what Johann Schmidt is doing because he's not known as Rutz Yeah. He's Johann Schmidt. Uh, and also, how'd you like the painting? Where he's painting him? <laughs>
1: that was awesome.
0: <laughs> like, how much of a badass do you have to be to get this guy to paint? While you were, like, you know, actually, like, yeah, standing there with a giant
1: snow-capped alps behind you. I just liked when he goes, Dr. Zola, what do you think? And you're just seeing the painter's face, like, oh, man, if he says this stinks, I'm such a dead man. It's like a masterpiece, and you just exhale. (laughs) (laughs) I watched Bob Ross all those years. <laughs> so he put a little tree, red close needs a little friend. <laughs> but I just liked his face. He's like, all right, I think I'm gonna live today. Uh, he probably did live after that. I just that's one of the hard things I I just don't understand is these guys have like he has this massive army and these people that are loyal to him to beyond belief, but. They all kind of know that, like, if you mess up in any way, and that means, like, step on a shoelace, perhaps, and somebody's bad day, your chances are you're getting, like, tesseract. Like, you're like, hmm, work for the Red Skull and probably get tesseract because I was late and made the coffee too strong, or work at the landscaping company and just have a little bit better job security but not make quite as much money. Like, how, why do so many, like, those armies that are, like, tens of thousands, and they're not Nazi armies, they're Hydra. Right. What's the (laughs) signing bonus? What's the, like, you know what? This sounds great. (laughs) No death
0: for ninety days. Yeah, like
1: <laughs> I mean, you get the cool suit. I mean, you look really intimidating, and you get the laser guns. And it's, it's a nice H too. Yeah, like it's. I mean, they hired some like nice designers to make that like symmetrical, and Pantone's gonna update the color every year. But who's like, hmm? No, that Red Skull guy. He seems like stable man to you know lead me somewhere.
0: He seems nice. Yeah. We had him over for dinner. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cuz I'm thinking a lot of these soldier people are, you know, they got families or partners or you know, maybe even other jobs. And they're like, "Okay, I got a kid and a dog, but I should trust this guy because where am I going to work?" I'm being transferred from Berlin to Greenland or like super cold somewhere, not knowing anything. I don't know. It just didn't seem like a good deal. What? But hey, like, you know, I'm I'm not. I, I they didn't ask me. You know, they didn't ask me to join Hydra. Maybe if I heard the deal, I would have been like, I'm oh, in. <laughs> yeah, it's like all all the racing canes you can eat. And...
0: I, got, I got I got my pen right here. Let's go. Really?
1: <laughs> Is that a Hydra pen? No. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, but no,
0: like um. It it just I never noticed that with the painting. Now I have to go back and watch that painter scene. Uh, but also when the uh, when the Nazi generals or colonels or lieutenants, whatever they are, they're high ranking armies that the Fuhrers like. Hitler's like, look, go check this guy out. He seems like he's got great ideas, but he's not delivering on anything. So bring him, bring go check him out. And if he's doing something bad, please you know let me know. So they go and they find out that he's planning to destroy cities. And they're like, Berlin's on this map. What's going on? And love while he has them in his weapons bay or, I guess, office, he just kind of is like, one, two, three. Sets up the machine. He's like, yeah, cool. And then the last guy is like, oh, you, you're going to be tricky? <laughs> and he, like, shoots him again and he gets blasted. Literally vapor.
1: Just. Those... Those three guys, because especially the last guy, he was really tall and very slender. They all three looked like almost cartoonish, walking down the hall, talking their talk, like, oh, we work for the Fuhrer, the da, 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 and then they roll in, and then there's the Red Skull standing there like, he's tall, like he's athletic looking, and they're just mouthing off and ranting. He doesn't even say anything to them. Or if he does, it's a few words, but then he does exactly what you said. I'll show you how this works. Bam, bam, bam. And he's like, oh, test done. Let's go. Like, you're not, You weren't even in my way. Like, You just came so that I could check out these guns, and now I'm going to go do my thing. Like, the, He just made them look so ridiculous. Like, They're the leaders, but they're numbskulls.
0: And the red skull breaks numb skulls. Yeah, red. he
1: just—they were gone, like like
0: that. And I love at that point, like you said, he tests on, He's like, "Okay, cool, let's wrap this up." Uh, okay, and then I like, at one scene. He's like, "You need to be at a hundred percent now."
1: Yeah, he's like, "I didn't come here and take chances." <laughs> <laughs> um, I,
0: I enjoy I enjoy him a lot. Um, I know I don't like his beliefs at all, but I do like. I guess the character that's brought into life.
1: Like you get to see him on screen act so maniacally villainish. Well that's all I think that's the cool thing about supervillains, especially the the ones with the big global or cosmic domination. Number one, the supervillains are all the proactive ones. They're the ones that are the go-getters. Superheroes don't do anything until a supervillain does something. They sit around. Books, watch movies, and then one of them is like, you know what? I had enough of this. I'm taking over the world. <laughs> and they do it. And then the superheroes are like, all right, now we gotta go do something about it. It's my day off. Right. So supervillains are like, they're, and they're just frustrated because they're like, the system ain't working. This is not working right. Like, you're not working, you're not working, you're not working. I'm gonna show you how it works. So it's just, you know, frustrated workers. But they're just ripping smart and they got like all this money, and then somehow find a, an object of cosmic powers that you're, you're like, you know what? I think I can do this now. <laughs> you know what? I don't even need this mask anymore. <laughs>
0: uh, speaking of mask reveal, uh, while the, while the, they're going on, I think, I believe his Helen Commandos got taken by the 107th. Something. some number like that yeah. they get taken um, and Tommy Lee Jones he's like you know Captain America's like look uh, this happened uh, blah, blah blah This, I've been basically a trained monkey doing this all for y'all please let me go and save my friends and he's like nope can't do it because if you get if you get hurt guess which senator is going to be mad at me? Who, guess who the senator is going to be mad at me right uh, so he goes on like a private jet with Howard Stark and Agent Carter, and taken off behind enemy lines, flies off, uh, breaks in, uh, goes after Bucky because that's the guy, he, that's that's his best friend, he wants to save, really, uh, retrieves the Howling Commandos, and I love that he goes, do you know what you're doing? I've knocked out Hitler 107 times. And they're just like, what in the hell? How did you like that, those scenes talked about like that, like the old school, like he's a spar-spangled man with a plan?
1: Again, I think it goes back to like an homage to the comic books because it's like snappy banter. Like, when they were fighting in the comic books, the way I I remember them is as they were leaping over Nazis and punching them and shooting them, they were cracking jokes and it was like one-liners, you know, and it's... And... uh, It also made it easier. You know, like... The the good guys are like they're just doing this, but they're having fun. Like they're having jokes, and when they're done, they're gonna you know go celebrate. And these villainous people, they don't say anything. Like in the fact, they got masks on. You can't even see their faces. They're not you don't even know what they are. You know oh they're scrolls what? Uh, so um, that's th- those kind. Of, that's what I liked about those scenes was you know it was still an homage to the comics and just a basic good versus evil. Like, you know, I think that's the hardest thing with that he, Captain America has to deal with as he gets deeper into these movies. is It's, it's gray now. He everything know, is gray. Like, he doesn't know what the line is. He's the, sometimes the grayest of it all. Uh, but here, fighting Nazis, like, nope, that's bad and that's not. Like, you know, and, I think it's it's good. It's easier and uh, it's uh, safer.
0: Okay. I mean, I, I I totally agree with you that those the jokes that they have are really good. Uh, I, I just wish that we got a little bit more. I'm glad that they put them the Hell Commandos toward like more of the end. Um, I just feel like I wanted them to be in it more.
1: Yeah. They, like, you don't. You have no idea that they were the Howling Commandos unless you actually saw the Howling Commandos right. because the one guy, um, the one with the beard or the mustache, mustache and the hat. Mm-hmm. He always wore that, and his calls "Wahoo." He said that all the and time. He,
0: if you heard him in the tank, he says it.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I forget his name. Oh I'll, Dugan. I'll, I'll look it up. You go ahead and uh, but all of those guys Timothy uh one of uh, them Dum-Dum Dugan. Dum-Dum. Like he was like number 2 in Shield. Sam was uh the African American, he was number 3. And then the French guy and the guy from Fresno, I'm not sure. Oh, uh, Jim Morta? Yeah, I'm not sure if those. I bet you these guys were also S.H.I.E.L.D. guys in some way and Commandos in some way. Definitely the French guy. Like There was more Commandos than went into S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, um, talking about the guy
0: from Fresno, uh, he actually comes back and plays his own grandson in uh, Spider-Man Home Far From Home, Oh, I really? Believe. Interesting. Yeah, he's like, yeah, my, uh, my grandfather. And he actually has a photo
1: of his grandfather in his, in his office. That's rad. Yeah. That is cool. But yeah, they. I mean, there's so many stories to in comic books. It's it's you know like like you start putting things in, and I'm guessing then someone's like, "Yo, you gotta rein it in. You gotta take things out."
0: Look, look. You want the Helen Commandos? You're not getting the Submariner. You got a choice. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so I feel like they barely did anything with them. And even the the actor that played Dugan, like he was a he's a a bigger actor. O'Neill. What. I don't know his last name, but no, he. I've seen him in several films, so they could have done more with that guy uh, if they wanted to. I just feel like, and it's probably, I think there probably was more, but they just kind of it out. Right.
0: Uh, I believe he's in a movie that I personally like a lot. Uh, it's. Uh, let me make sure it's him before I start talking about that. I know he's in the first Red, the Bruce Willis movie. Uh, he's in Ticking Clock. Okay. Um, which that one's a really good, it has uh, him and Cuba Gooding Jr. in it, and it's about a uh, time travel murderer. Okay. Uh, you should definitely check that one out.
1: Was that called Ticking Clock? Yeah. All right. That's a good one. Yeah, he, he seems to play sort of a evil government agent, supervillain, mercenary kind of guy. Um, and this one, he doesn't. He plays a hero. Um, yeah, I
0: actually think he did an amazing job
1: in that And, like, there's a scene in the Avengers, I think it's the Age of Ultron in the beginning, when they're fighting, is it Baron Zemo they're going after? And when they're going in through the woods, and it's just like the scene in the first Avengers when they're kind of coming out of the woods, but they're in the woods, and it's just, I liked it. Um, But it, it reminded me of that, and it reminded me of, like, the camaraderie of working with, a unit and how everybody works together and that's the other thing that like I think he learned from the commandos was working with a team because he's a solo guy you know especially being so out of place in the modern world but he still can lead a team so he can find a way he has a way in because people will listen to him he's got that charismatic Captain Americanness. Uh, no, I
0: totally agree with you. I feel like they could have put the Howling Commandos in more. I feel like they should have had their own movie.
1: But well, who knows? You know, like no, we we've, we've never really. I mean, like I said, like that was when it was Sergeant Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos, and it was a different Nick Fury.
0: No, I mean, um, just have the character from this movie have sh- their
1: own series. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, like I think that would cool. be cool. Yeah. Uh, because the other thing I like about you know the universe of comic books is you can have a total The Howling Commandos series and that would be just a straight military but yet you can introduce supernatural mythical superheroes like your mission is to stop this guy he's making zombies you're like Okay, like let's go. Yeah, we we hang out with Captain America, so zombies sure, we yep, give me how do I kill them? you know, like, <laughs> like what we're do we're going for the head? Yeah. You want it decapitated. yeah, <laughs> what you want. So I think that's, you know I always like that when and that's what I like about comic books, is all of the worlds there's room for them. There's room for Atlantis, there's room for the gods, there's room for World War Two to still exist and, and the modern world to still exist somehow simultaneously and it's fine. It's just good. It's just good storytelling. Uh, uh,
0: Yeah. Um, uh, And then we have the scene where um, Red Skull reveals his true self to uh, us and also Captain America. Like we see him like rip off the face. And I love we get this. It's like intense as hell because there's actually a fire going on underneath them. And I love that that's, like, the scene that they went with. Like, it wasn't just, like, you know, he's like, oh, Captain America, come over. Let's uh, let's have some brandy and discuss. Like a James Bond movie. No. It is, like, literally about to go up in flames, this building. And he's like, what's up? You see how evil I am?
1: But I will disagree with you and say that they did totally James Bond it because as there's giant inferno happening. They're casually, slowly walking towards one another in a duel like way. Like, alright, we're about... And it's not them that stop it. It's Zola that pulls the lever. It's like, yo, dude, let's go. Because they're like... He's like, you know what? Let's just talk about this right now, and maybe we'll figure. We'll just finish it right now. No,
0: I mean, as in like the scene that they chose. I felt like it was a better scene for that oh. entire sequence instead of them just chilling in a. In oh, a,
1: sure, yeah, that's what I. Because it it's totally was like contrast. Yeah,
0: I totally love. Yeah, that's why. That's why I think that's such a good scene. Yeah, is because of the choice of where it is. And like you said, Zola's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This guy's my my meal ticket for anything I want. You come back. Yep. Please.
1: Because <laughs> I still think he, he's he got a coolness to him because they ride up in the elevator. Like, he never, the Red Skull never speeds up. He's never worried. Like, everything's blown up around him. But he has confidence that he is going to be able to get to where he needs to go in time, casually put on his gloves, and when he gets up there, he's like, where am I going? He's like, "Don't, not a scratch, scratch, doctor." And once again, what does a cool dude have? But an effing cool car, like, yeah.
0: like it looks like. Have you ever seen Lee of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Same
1: car. I was just gonna
0: say, <laughs> like, it's the same. It's like thing. that, but black.
1: Yeah, and you just see Zola. He's just like, like the, his it's I, like Spicoli in Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
0: You know what it's like. He probably was like. I've never driven it since I built it. Yeah, like, he's like, yeah. I get to actually drive it.
1: You know, he like <laughs> stops somewhere, like get a meal, just so he can get out, and people could look at him. Yeah, like, he's like, yeah, it's fine. You need to ride home, baby. <laughs> I got you. Whoever, like, um, what does that button do? Oil slick. Huh. <laughs> 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 uh, that,
0: uh, but that that whole scene was really good, and I love that Bucky him and Bucky like jump out and I love how he's like I can make it and he's like are you sure you can make it he's like I'm Captain America he's like
1: all right I don't know what that means (laughs) like I've been laying on a table drugged up
0: which by the way apparently there's a theory that the reason he survived the fall in the next scene that he goes in is because they were doing attempts on his soldiers uh secret soldier serum so he,
1: would, he had already had things in his body. There,
0: there's, there's, peop, there's an idea that he could because how else could he survive that fall and Hydra like take him out? And what else
1: would they be doing with him? Exactly. Why him? Specific- Why are they keeping any of those people? He shoots his own man when he comes back, not dead from a battle. He's like, oh, they got all of us. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> You're still here, and I love this the,
0: the inflection of he knows exactly where he is.
1: I, I, you're not even worth my vision. Yeah. I'm not even going to look at you. So, they were all being kept for something else. Exactly. And if nobody showed up, who knows what they would have been exactly. experimenting on. And You know, this is because what we're really talking about here is like stem cell research, genetic stuff, like Jurassic Park kind of, you know. Life finds a way. If that doctor from Jurassic Park were to show up in that movie, I would not be shocked.
0: Be like, this is an oh, okay
1: red skull <laughs> velociraptors. Oh, that makes sense. He's probably gonna learn how to ride one. Like, Do you have a car? No, I ride a velociraptor. <laughs> that's
0: that's something if Putin had the technology, he would probably. he would ride a velociraptor. Yeah, he, would. he would, uh, and then uh, we get the whole scenes like we talked about beforehand. Like, they're all like, Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and look at these war films, we're going taking down all these hydra agents. Because Steve literally got a second's glance and was like strategically, like, memorized where they were. And he's like, and I love how he goes to Peggy. He's like, look, that's all I could remember. And she's like, that's a lot more than we knew. We didn't even know this whole thing was going on. But thank you for finding what you could. Uh, and while this scene's going on, we get... Um, uh, because before Captain America came overseas, he was doing all these, like, war bonds. Let's sell war bonds going around... Coast to coast, selling war so people knew who he was. Like they knew who he was, and then we get this girl who's like, I guess, a secretary, and she knows who Captain America is. She's probably seen all these films possible, and she's like, "This is the guy I want to sleep with." And then she kind of goes up, and she's like, "Look, you saved all these men. The least we can do is, you know, thank you for that." And Oliver's like, "Uh, "I'm okay," Um, which I don't know if you've ever seen Game of Thrones. I have to. Okay. Well, uh, she is uh, Mar uh, Marjorie Tyrell. Okay. One of the characters who gets married. Uh, so it's nice to see her in one of her first roles, and then become where she was uh, in Game of Thrones. But while while that's going, oh, while while that's going on, Peggy walks in and she's just like, "What the hell? I thought you liked me." Uh, and then we get the scene, like you said, where he holds in the shields like, "Hey, Peggy, what about this one?" Just takes the gun off the thing, shoots it, and they're all like, "What are you doing?" Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And she wasn't scorned. No, she's just like, "You can you can work on your business and not come see me. I can work on my business. Sure, you just happen to be in the way."
1: I just, you know, it was a, it was a fun, innocent thing because it. Still revealed that even though he is now Captain America, he's still Steve Rogers like he can't talk to women. He can't talk to that girl like that girl's she just manhandled him, yeah. and that's the reason why he gets in trouble is because he doesn't know what to do. And she says it over you know over and over. Peggy says it over and over again. But it's just again, it's nice to have like the simple good like the the nice innocent just pure love story. There wasn't any grayness or, you know, you don't find out that this person like killed your dad in the past. Yeah, right. like... I mean, there's plenty of time for that later, but it's just nice to have this wholesome good good versus evil. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, <clears throat> how'd you like the outfit from his war bonds? Uh, With the little wing tips? I like the wingtips only because that is how he had those for so many... That was his suit. And you know the first time you see him, you're like, "What's up with those?" But yet, like after you realize that he's, he's effing Captain America, you're like, "I'm not making fun of the wings." Yeah. And I almost feel like that's why they're there. It's like, go ahead, say something about my wings. <laughs> to say anything, do it. Yeah, do it. Because I got this too. <laughs> like you don't even know what's behind the shield. And they uh, don't. And they they don't do the shield enough justice. Because he says it's made out of vibranium. It's not just made out of vibranium. Isn't it
0: weaved with?
1: Adamantium. Okay. so it's Which like is it's... also like uh, Weapon X. It's what Wolverine's bones are covered with and his claws that come from his body is all adamantium. The strongest metal unbreakable on the planet. On Earth. That doesn't exist in real life. <laughs> but if it did, it would be the most unbreakable stuff ever.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, um, I, I agree with you. When I, when I read a few comic books, I thought it were both. And when they mentioned one, I was like, I guess I
1: read it wrong. It's just kind of what makes it unique, you know. And it's already vibranium, but in that – I think it's the Avengers. In that scene where Thor comes down with all of his might on that thing. And, and the lightning shoots out? And the forest is wrecked, but he's just like – because Howard Stark says like, it absorbs all vibration. so it could take a, a missile theoretically, and you would just be able to hold it. You would die from it. It does and take a
0: missile in Winter Soldier when he hides under it with. You're absolutely right. Yes. Black Widow.
1: Yes. Uh, so it's just this like cosmic anomaly that uh, it, only one was made. They don't. You don't really know actually who made it and how they did it how did, how did how did you fuse those two things together exactly. in a perfectly round disc that is perfectly symmetrical and perfectly this and you can learn geometry just by throwing it against the wall
0: <laughs> it's like oh and then that's how he does on a side gig he hustles pool
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah because he's like oh
0: i don't even have to look
1: yeah ping pong maybe i oh. like that pool ping yeah pong. definitely
0: I, I don't know just... uh, but uh, that's, that's a good scene, and uh, while, the, uh, while that's going on, I love, the, I love the wingtips because they actually got a chance to put in his old cheesy outfit. Like, that's what I love the most about it. And then while this is going on, he's supposed to be in Washington and receive a medal from the senator, and I love that we get the gratuitous Stanley cameo, but also the guy sitting next to him. You know who that guy is? No. He's Captain America from the 70s movies. But that's who he guys. looks at. Like, that's who he's like, who whispers to. He's like, I thought he'd be taller. And the guy's just like, kind of like, why are you, not why are you talking to me, but like, yeah, the guy that Stan Lee's talking to is uh, the, not the original Captain America, but. But from
1: the 70s. Exactly. Because one of my favorite things about this whole Marvel universe was Stan Lee. He was in, up until he died, he was in every movie. In every time, forward in time, backward in time. Yep. All at the same time, as the watcher, as Stan Lee, like he was a the ultimate being in his own Marvel universe. But he was just a, yeah, you know, just just living, a man, just living his life as they would on whatever planet. Like when okay. he's on the Nova Planet, he's hitting on a girl, but he's still. On That planet in that time, like living his life on that point, yeah, he's everywhere. He's he's a FedEx driver, he's like he's also Krishna because he's everywhere at once. Oh, wait, does that mean that
0: airplane is a movie in this in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah,
1: (laughs) excuse me, I speak jive.
0: (laughs) Um, that uh. That's, I never thought about it like that. But then when, uh, I think in one of the Gardens of the Galaxy, we get like him talking to one of the beings, and him's like, he's just kind of like saying things, and you're like, why the hell do you know all this? Yeah. So uh, I never thought about it from that perspective. Um, and then uh, while that's going on, uh, uh, the Stanley cameo and the Captain America cameo. Uh, the Howling Commandos find out that Zola is going to be on this train and they're going to get him. They're going to take him and they're going to find out where, where Brett's going. So they get on the train um, and I love that they get the little banter between Steve and Bucky. I love that he's like, uh, remember that time that I made you ride uh, this ride on Coney Island? Yeah. And I threw up and he's like, this isn't payback, is it?
1: <laughs> I love that
0: they are best buds and they are like reminiscing about times that just happened like like a decade and a half ago or a decade ago.
1: As they're like ziplining in a winter storm trying to land on top of a train moving maybe 110 miles an hour. Exactly. With like the tiniest window of success and they're all like... Pop a piece of gum in your mouth. Let's go. Let's do yeah. this thing. Let's put on my earbuds. Exactly. What do you listen to? Girls, girls, girls. The Motley Crue. <laughs> Let's go get them. It's just they're just like okay, you know. Da-da-da.
0: Bucky would da-da-da. be the the type of person that listens to Motley Crue. Could be yeah yeah especially now yeah um, and so you know while while that's going on they you know they kind of just go and. We get a scene where Zola's like, he's been told to break them up because together they, uh, Bucky and uh, Steve can take down anything because they, they know each other and they get separated. Then they get back together. And I love that the guy with the, I guess, um, Tesseract tech, uh, tries to shoot, uh, the shield goes away, Bucky picks it up. And I love that Steve's like, no, like I have trouble holding it like there's a big gaping hole. What are you doing? And he gets hit onto the side of the train. It's moving, like you said, 107 miles an hour. There's, so happens to be a lake. Like right next to it. It's kind of frozen, unfrozen. We don't know. Uh, They try to save it. Yeah. Tries to save him. Falls down and we get the scream. And the scream is ringing in his ears. Steve's ears because that's his best friend and he he could not save him. Correct. Like, he he literally felt like... I don't even know how he felt. Because I've never lost my best friend. But, like, things about like that where it's, it's just a sheer... Like, he couldn't do it.
1: That, and he was given these amazing abilities. Like he couldn't do it before, but now he's Captain America. And he's been doing all these great things. And yet, just a simple act of grabbing someone's hand, he wasn't able to do it his, all his abilities wasn't enough especially the person that told him to stand up for what's right yeah the guy he his captain America exactly or or was this just a whole plan just to get Bucky back oh so Zola because Zola, Zola does go back to America and he does create Hydra through that well I mean he you know he's he becomes the winter soldier so they had to get him somewhere oh. like what if they were Whatever they started on him in that last fort, they're yeah. like, yo, we put a, we just put $2 million into that dude. Like, we need him back. Yeah. Like, this is how we're going to get him back.
0: We're going to plan it strategically. We got it. We're going to um.
1: let the information leak. And here's the train coming at this time. We're pretty sure that they'll show up and we need him reasonably alive. Yeah. You know, uh, and who knows if that serum in his body kept him alive, kept him... Maybe he held on to something. Who knows?
0: Or the ice froze him, and that's why. Um, also, um, you're a music guy, so you may know this. Uh, but when they when he screams uh, when his, his scream falls, whenever they do the Winter Soldier theme, you notice that that's very similar scream from him falling. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh. when they do the Winter Soldier theme, it's like it's like the big jarring. That's ah. him. I don't know if that's originally his scream. I'm pretty sure it may not be Sebastian Stan's, but. If it is, that's the original Scream they work with to make his theme for all his intros. Whoa. Yeah. Which I thought that was really great, too. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, while that's going on, uh, you know, Bucky gets taken away, so he kind of has to deal with it. And we get a nice moment uh, between him and Peggy, and he's like, uh, I can't get drunk because uh, my... Body works four times as fast as digestive track as other people, so I can't get drunk. And I love that Peggy's like, but you did the best you could. You can't hold yourself back. And so then they find out that the red skull is gonna be at a certain area, uh, from Dr. Zemo. But I love that every every Hydra agent that they tried to the take in about, and Tommy Lee Jones states this: takes the cyanide capsule, why not you? Another setup. Exactly. Hydra. Because he's the one that's supposed to set up Hydra in the US government. That's where, um, uh, uh, gosh, what's his name from Winter Soldier? Uh, Robert Redford. His character's probably learned
1: under Zola. Well, I mean, by the time we get to that movie, Hydra is. How deep is Hydra? Senators are Hydra. You know, like Robert Redford's like, what? like, fifth guy in the government, you know, and he's Hydra, and everybody's Hydra, you know, like, Frank Grillo's Hydra, like, how did you get to be Hydra, what, like, I'm on the ninth floor, you were Shia, we're on the seventh floor, now you're Hydra, like, at the eighth floor, is the Hydra switching floor, like, how does it happen? It's the pen. (laughs) The Hydra pen, dang. (laughs) Um, But it's just crazy how fast it infiltrates. Yeah. And it's everything because basically they have to sh- they start Shield over, and that I believe it happened in the comics. Like Hydra did invade Shield. In fact, I think unknowingly, no un- to Shield, unknowingly to Shield, but Hydra, it was knowingly to Hydra. In fact, I think there's actually a story arc because there's a story arc where Captain America dies, and then they bring him back, and he's trapped in different times somehow. And then there's another story arc where he is actually the deepest Hydra sleeper agent.
0: Is that the uh, famous uh, Hail Hydra line?
1: I think so. Yes.
0: How did you feel about that? Because I know know most people who are Captain America fans
1: despise that scene. I I don't know. Like some things, I I get it. You know, you want to try something new, or maybe the popularity is waning, so let's try something. But I believe that everything goes through, like, Cress and Tross. Like, they're, they're, you have highs and lows, but you should... Like, that's what made it. Like, you should keep Captain America the same. Like, y- it can be a woman, or it can be a black man, or... But the ideals and the... I'm never gonna... St- I'm always gonna fight against a the bully. The karate
0: of America? Yeah,
1: I'm gonna fight against a bully, and I'm never gonna stop getting up. Like, you can keep on hitting me, I'm never gonna lay down, and I'm gonna be... Take care of my people, like... That part, like I don't think he should have been a Hydra agent, and I think in the end of that story, they he's actually like an even deeper sleeper, maybe like Shield agent. Or oh, something. Like, like how he, he comes back to the, right. the the light, but I don't know. It's just that I, it's just the ideal more than the man, because as you've seen with heroes re, being rebooted with different characters and sometimes different genders and everything. Still works. Right. And still, like, you still believe it. But really... the
0: camaraderie and the characteristics of the person shouldn't change.
1: The essence, you know, like the this, the this, this soul, <laughs> the spirit of Captain America. His chakra. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's got a, he's got the superhero chakra. Uh, uh,
0: and then while while that's going on, uh, you know, Zola infiltrates everything. He gives out secrets, and then uh, they find out where Red Skull is going to be. So they attempt to break out, but Red Skull's like, "I'm already on my way." Um, so we get this nice scene where, uh, Peggy, uh, shoots, uh, one of the, um, I think maybe she cuts one of the flamethrower guys' things and he blows up. Um, so this is a scene where I thought, I'm glad that they didn't do the kiss at this point when they're running through the hallways and he's like, uh, I gotta go. Like, and she's like, okay. But he puts his, his, you know, his, his shield in the door. I don't know about you, but. I would rather be on the other side of a door if I'm going to take something out. (laughs) I don't... That scene to me is the only scene where I'm like, you could have reshot that. Like, you could have had that lasting shot where he grabs the shield and looks at Peggy while it's closing. That would have been a nice scene. Um, But that scene always kind of stuck out with me because I'm like, I would rather be on the other side of the door. It's a big door. Huge door. Thick. I don't even think the... The, the Castle Puncher could bring it. Uh, it
1: was like those Get Smart doors, man. That was a thick door.
0: Did they have the Cone of Silence?
1: Um, They just they had a lot of them. Just kept on going and going and going. He no. Was, he was through I was making through.
0: a joke. Does Hydra have the Cone of Silence?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they do. Oh, they I might. love that
0: series. I, I own all those series. It's a great series. The Get Smart? Oh, yeah. It, it was just, yeah. But those were, thick, those were thick doors. They were. And he had to walk through, he had to, he'd, like, he'd get in like an elevator and go down and then walk through them all. They were different degrees. They were wooden doors. They were metal doors. They were like river turd doors. Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, uh, but I, I, I agree with you with the shield. Like, I think that would have been just more efficient if he was already through and grabbed it because those doors look like they closed pretty quick. Like, and he could have broke his arm. Or just lost it. It just would have stayed there between the doors. He <laughs> would have kept going. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. Uh, you he
1: did have the vibranium slash adamantium shield, because oh, I think we should just say that it's in there, even if they didn't. Right. Well, now that
0: X-Men could possibly be a part of the universe, we don't know.
1: You know, I've always accepted that they've just been there and were like, on vacation or something. They're like the red-headed
0: stepchild. They're just forgotten a little bit.
1: Well, all of them. Heroes in Marvel because not like in the Marvel universe, a lot of them live in New York City. A lot of them. Oh yeah, Avengers mansions in New York City. Spider Man, the F- Baxter Building where the Fantastic Four live is in like in the first Avengers movie when they're fighting the aliens. Like I think that's the Baxter Building, like right there. Like the Fantastic Four would have come outside even if they just came out to get the paper and been like, oh man, we gotta help. Like okay. they would have done it, so it's just kind of it's just funny because they were separate. Same with the X Men. Like, upstate they were North. an Upstate near, Yeah, yeah, with the SR seventy one Blackbird, that thing can get them there, and what? Nothing. Yeah, and Storm can fly. So, uh, <laughs> uh, it's just it would it's weird how they were there but not there. Yeah, like um, they're at the shore or something or There's, Florida.
0: They, they missed their flight.
1: Yeah. They didn't have the Blackbird yet, so that's they had to fly commercial. Yes. Yes. That was it. They're uh, buying Adamantium on the black market. Uh,
0: and so then while that's going, uh, they get, uh, he sees that Hydra is um, getting ready to leave. So he sees the, the giant, I guess, I want to call them like, you remember in the 1990s when they released that they had the shield bombers, like the Blackhawks? Kind of, and that came the, out the
1: stealth bombers. Yeah, it looks exactly like a stealth bomber, but like on roids. Yes, it's the hugest. It was giant. Yeah,
0: and it's this big ass hangar, and it takes off. And um, I love that Captain America's like trying to run after it, and he misses, and then they just come up with with uh, vehicle with the vehicle takes it off. And uh, I love that they sneaked in an MIB reference. I don't know if you caught that when he's like, "What does the red button do?" And he presses the red button. The the
1: There's a K. What, like a nitrous feed or whatever it is? Yeah.
0: There's a K on the button for Agent K, who's played by Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, presses it. I
1: didn't see the K. <sighs> Just goes super fast. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. I didn't see the K.
0: And I love that we get this kiss. So we've been waiting for it. And it doesn't, doesn't let it down. Like It's actually a longing kiss. Because they don't know if they're going to see
1: each other. They just, well they believe they are because they believe they're going to have a dance on Friday.
0: Right. But but he, but he he's like, she goes and kisses him and he's like, that's what I've been waiting for and that's what I'm going to fight for. Like I'm fighting for you. And then I love the, I love the, I'm not going to kiss you. <laughs> uh, gets on the plane, starts, you know, going after Hydra Adrian's and apparently as soon as they get in space they're like,
1: let's go. I, I didn't. I had a hard time with that part. Like, I thought that was the weakest part of the movie was that plane. Like all of a sudden they find him like that. They're on this ginormous plane. Like, it's huge. And there was an art like 19 or 20 guys standing there, but then all of a sudden it's just the skull flying that ginormous plane by himself with the other mini planes with the bombs in them.
0: That's like Spray Painter New York. and yes. Chicago. Yes.
1: It just wouldn't look looked like that. It just was... Why would they be in English? I, I don't know. Shouldn't but, they be in German? But I just... That part... That, like, ten minutes, I was just not... It was not my favorite part of the movie for those reasons.
0: Uh, what about where he actually confronts Red Skull and they have this... It's kind of a battle of wits along with... An actual gun battle. Like, I love that Red Skull's like, uh, you decide to wear a flag and fight for a country when this is a battle of the gods? I've seen the future. There are no flags. And it's just like this nice, not nice, but just banter where Red Skull, I don't know if Captain America has him on the ropes, but Red Skull's like, I should be able to
1: defeat you because I can defeat everybody. Because the other thing is, you know, how long has he had the Tesseract? Like, how, how much time has passed since he finds it to that plane? Because I'm sure every night when everyone's, like, asleep, he goes downstairs and plays with his Tesseract. Oh, yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah. Like he's just touching it, rubbing it, doing all kinds of tesseracty things, and probably learns some things. Like, he learns about the universe, like, I'm guessing the more you hold it and Sh- you the know, more
0: infinite knowledge, or, seats yeah, in your or, brain. or
1: however you can manipulate it. Like, what if it's like a Rubik's cube or like a Tetris? You know, you start switching and touching things, and things open or get revealed, or it's like a whirligog, and like you're in different dimensions. Because doesn't it, it absorbs him in the end, right? Yeah, it, it
0: literally takes him and shoots him into the Tree of Life, and I believe he go at that point he may go to Eomer, which is the place of the Soul, skull, soul Stone, uh, which. Unfortunately, he wasn't played by Hugo Weaving uh, in uh, Endgame, but I still like that he, his character was still included.
1: I yes. Again, I wish that he was more of a, a player villain. Like he didn't just get. Yeah, he
0: bed. wasn't just like floating in midair. Like, yeah. What brings you here?
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gotta die. Who's it gonna, gonna be? You. <laughs> or not, you? It's Not me. Because I'm.
0: R- <laughs> that's exactly it it's the space weed man Yeah, it's, it's all in the Tesseract that's why he played with it so much um, but then we get this scene where you know he, he defeats him and uh, the plane's about to go down and he thinks he's going to win but Red Skull uses what I guess gravity at his advantage where he takes over sets the autopilot to go and he sets it so well that Steve can't even it, now it may be in German so Steve might not know had to break it down, but, I mean, still, he probably jammed it so it wouldn't go. Then Red Skull gets taken up, and then he's got to bring it down. Um, and I love that. You can see Tommy Lee Jones with the other guy in the room, and he's like, let's... He doesn't even say, he's like, let's go. Yeah. Because they need to have a heart-to-heart, and this is the last conversation they're going to have. Yes. And it's a nice conversation, and... He's like, I can't make it. And she's like, well, we'll do a rain check for next week. Don't be late. And he goes under, comes back up. It's 2012 or 2011, 2012 something. And we get the scene where it's modern day. He's running through Times Square and he's like, what the hell is this? Why are the buildings bigger than me? I am Captain America. Like, I should be able to see, like, why why is it so high up? And then we get we get Nick Fury walking in going, what's up, Cap? You've been asleep for 70 years. You want to come back and chat with us and not run away? Yeah. and <laughs> I also
1: I thought it was neat how they tried to slowly bring him back into reality because I don't I'm trying to remember Captain America's origin because it's this, it's the same. Like he's it's, it's a rocket that he disables. Yeah. And it goes into the ocean or the ice and he's frozen and the only reason he's frozen somehow is I believe because of the super soldier serum whatever it does it it preserves him Um, because I mean super soldier serum or not like wouldn't he just drown yeah exactly (laughs) like unless he doesn't breathe because of the super soldier serum
0: wait a minute what it slows his heartbeat down to one beat a minute
1: (laughs) are you I'm just a yogi Captain Yogi are you uh, a bear? No, I'm just, no. <laughs> uh, and so,
0: so, while that happens, overall, uh, it's, it's a great movie. It's a really good movie. Now, we have a rating system here on Cinema Gems. We have a whole gem, which is an amazing movie. Half gem, an alright movie. No gem, a horrible movie. What do you give Captain America The First Avenger 2011?
1: I would give it like a three quarters of a gem. Three
0: quarters of a gym? Yeah. So between a full gym and a half gym?
1: Yeah. Okay. Like, I would watch it again. Like, I have watched it more than once, and I would watch it again.
0: Okay. Uh, I I give it, uh, I like the nostalgia part of it a little bit. Uh, I agree with you. It's, it's, It's almost there. Like, the line is here, and it's like right a hair before being a full gym. Love this movie. It's one of my favorite MCU trilogies. I really love Winter Soldier the most. Me too.
1: The Winter Soldier probably is my favorite. Yeah, I like it because going back, going to trilogies and we were talking about Star Wars earlier, I feel like The Winter Soldier is sort of like The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. It's just like, dang, the bad guys are everywhere. You guys are, you guys are in trouble. Like when they start smashing Nick Fury's car, I'm like, oh, dang, you're, you're busted, dude. And
0: also, as The Empire Strikes Back is, Bucky's arm is chopped off. Yes. Oh. Um, so, uh, do you want the listeners to reach you anywhere besides listening to you to WWOZ? Uh, do you have like a? If if you don't want to give out your um, your uh, your Instagram or Twitter, you don't have to. I don't know if you have either of those, but if you want to give them out, they can follow you that way. If yeah,
1: I, I don't have a really have an Instagram. I'm on Twitter at uh, murph thirteen twenty six thirteen. Okay. And that's usually where you'll find me on Twitter, or I'm on the radio every Monday on WWOZ. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central Standard. It's 90.7 on the dial or www.oz.org. Ooh. Did you come up with that jingle? Nope. I just say it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so it's part of me now. All right. It's
0: be- whenever I end a conversation, that's it. Like, you know how back in the day when text messages used to happen, you used to have a stinger at the end? That's your stinger in real life?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Otter>. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> and Admiral, thank you so much no for problem. letting me... Uh, talk about Captain America with you it's, really, it's been really
0: no fun no problem uh, thank you so much for coming on um, but uh, listeners you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Holland Sci-Fi uh, you can also follow the uh, Cinema uh, the Cinema Gems Instagram uh, at Cinema Gems Pod and also we have a Twitter Cinema Gems underscore pod uh, is the Twitter uh, please let us know tweet at us what movies you want us to review uh, email us at uh, Cinema Gems 15 at gmail Let us know, hey, we want you to review this movie. We want you to do this. Here's pictures of my TV sets. Review them. Or also, I'm always looking for another recipe. I'm always looking for a recipe to put under my belt to add a little, like, admiral spice to it. Um, And also, uh, thank you, Martin the arrogant server, for letting us use your website, LowRainPictures.com. Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. And also, guys, next month we have a very special month where we do Box Office Bomb Months. Uh, Movies that bombed at the box office. We take a look back and see, were they really that bad? We find some some ones that were like, they're not that bad. And we find other ones where they're
1: like, oh god. Because I don't think Waterworld was that bad.
0: We actually did that last year for Apocalypse Year. (laughs) I got to pick like three Apocalypse movies. And Waterworld was one of them. And also The Postman was another one.
1: I like The Postman too. Especially that Tom Petty. I... Thought was a postman.
0: You mean the cameo? That yes. He, yeah. He
1: made the movie yeah. for me.
0: Um, we actually reviewed that for um, the uh, the election because of everything being delivered through the mail. Nice. We went after the postman. Uh, that was the one I was like, "We're doing the postman," and but my show, my co-host was like, "Do you have it? I have it. I have the DVD." He's like, "Okay, I'll watch it." <laughs> nice. Um, that's a uh, that's a movie that we're we've already done those. So unfortunately, I can't say on air. I will let you know after we stop recording what they are. Um, but we're super excited for that. Uh, that month's coming up. We've been building up for that. We will have a special original treatment of music wise from the Buttmeister himself, guys. And as always, all I have to say is uh, wipe your hose and see you later. But also, Black Lives Always Matter. And guys, see you later. Thank you so much, Murph for coming on. I'm going to shake your hand even though it's audio so they can't hear it.
1: Thank you. Boom shakalaka.
0: All right, guys. See you later. Bye.